Hello, and welcome back to the Three Cameramen Podcast. Like always, I have with me Daniel. Hello. And back from bunking in Wales, Finley. Bunking. Hola. Okay, right. <laughs> For our Christmas episode, we'll be talking about the Polar Express, which just happens to be uh, my favourite hey. film. Yeah. It's a story about a oh. young boy who embarks on a train headed for the North Pole, where Santa will be giving out the first gift of Christmas to one lucky individual. Okay, so uh, Daniel, um, as you have watched this film for the very first time yesterday, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, so I didn't think there's anything special about it. Obviously, it's very different for me because I didn't see it when I was a kid fully. Like I've seen clips of it before. I never like sat down and watched it all the way through, so it's not really one of those like nostalgic Christmas films for me because I've I only recently watched it yesterday was when I was like sixteen. But I thought like, I mean, it's got a good message, I guess, with like believe or whatever. And then I thought mm. it, it was it was actually quite well paced as well. I quite liked the pacing of it, so that mm. that I think that worked quite well. But I did for me, I much preferred kind of the first half of the film on the train than when they actually get to. The North Pole. So oh, wow. yeah, ge- ge- generally it was pretty good, but I did. There was definitely some bits I preferred more than others. Controversial opinion, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So for myself and Finley, uh, well, especially for myself, mm-hmm. it's quite a nostalgic film for me. Like I watched it every Christmas. It became very integrated into my Christmas experience and my routine that I sort of had every year. And um, Finley, obviously, I don't know much about your experience. So I was wondering, like, what's your experience with the film? Well, considering I watched it when I was around like seven, six, seven, I found the movie very special to me because, I mean, as a child, you you sort of want to see Santa, but the movie's like, uh, they go on an adventure to see him, to see elves, reindeers, and of course Santa, and uh, obviously everything about it was amazing. The mysterious feel of like, oh, how are they going to get there when, you know, when they're on the yard, when they're on the ice and it cracks, you know, you're like, oh no, they're gonna fall in the water. But of course they didn't, because the guy Tokyo mm-hmm. drifted. Awesome lad. Um, but I mean, at the time, I was, I didn't really look at the animation, but I look back at it now, and I think it was really well made for like animation-wise, mm-hmm. um, because I've never, uh, except from like Toy Story, I hadn't seen like anything no, that Tom good Hanson. animated. Yeah, well, another Tom. Well, I, I saw. I, I know we'll be going to talk about this a bit later on, but the animation, it's so, it, it got a lot of, I think, criticism because it looked a bit too, like, I think, like, hyper realistic. So, like, mm. no, 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 yeah. like, so, like, the, the faces were a bit weird. But mm. I, I saw one, one of the behind the scenes of Tom Hanks, it's in, like, the motion capture. So, I think it's like a mix. Mm. It, it's a very um, in, innovative way of um, animating. Like, I think, I think, I'd really like to see this film be made today. And with the technology we have today, like that whole face mm-hmm. thing, we sort out so much better. But like this is only yeah. like we love a remake for, but like exactly the um, same. Talking about Tom Hanks, he actually played, I think, I think it was five or six roles actually in the movie. So, so he played the he played the dad, played the dad, Santa, hobo, Santa, hobo, and the son. The, well, the, the things I looked up, three people played the boy. I don't know how that works. Oh. I think I think two of them uh, were like in the motion capture, and maybe one of them was doing yeah. a good job because he didn't notice the difference in his voice. No, to, I think Tom Hanks no. did. No, the the boys did the voice. Tom Hanks probably did the facial expressions and stuff probably, like I that. Don't know. But 
I wanted to. Thing. I wanted to talk about the music for a second because for me, the music's one of the best aspects of the film. Well, like the soundtrack, I think, called Sweet, mm-hmm. the, the main one, Sweet from Polo Express. That is such an iconic mm-hmm. piece of music. And did that, do you feel like that soundtrack affected the film? Did it, did it like make it help work with the film more? Or do you think it was just like a side piece? Of the oh, 100%. Um, with like, you know, making it more Christmassy and aspect of the film. But especially as a young child, I thought they did have some, some of the music was really like, it was Christmassy, but it was sort of had a sinister side to it. So it was like slow, mm. sort of slowed down and gave like, there was a certain scene uh, when they visit the town, Santa's town and they're looking around and everything's small and um, they're playing. You can see it here in the background, like Christmas music, but it's like really slowed down. And as a child that, you know, that sort of creeped me out because, you know, normally Christmas music is meant to be like joyful and like really loud um but yeah i think i think they've done well with like making it christmasy but then also you know had a bit of a backstory mm. i remember getting scared kid but as a kid like a lot of scenes in the film notably the scene in the carriage with all the old abandoned toys where uh the hobo um puppeteers the everybody's a scrooge puppet that that scene is like stuck with me for so long mm-hmm. i like it still kind of creeps you out to this day, but I, I want to know like how that seemed for you watching as a kid. I mean, watching that as a kid also scared me because you know it sort of it was had elements of horror, you know, jump scares. Mm. And in a Christmas movie, you don't expect to see jump scares. You know, you expect to know what's happening every th- along throughout the movie. There was only so really when they one. jumped, scared the kids. It was sort of. I know there's one. There was only one, but there, I mean, there was, was one specific one where it's like Scrooge, like just drops into the frame, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously but he's for, being puppeted movie, by yeah, the hobo. Yeah, but for a yeah. kids' movie, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like it's got more. Of, it's not really. It's not a kid kids movie. It's not like Elf. Like Elf can no. be watched by like any Elf age from is... like zero to whatever. But I feel like yeah. I don't know. It's got more like of a sinister undertone, if that makes sense. Yeah, because that's what I like, Yeah. When I when you want to go watch like a horror movie, can I can I just say this one point? Yeah, go talk go. about it. Um, if you when you want to go watch a horror movie, you you get excited because you know you're going to get scared, right? In this movie, you sort of want to keep watching because of these little sinister moments, like the music and then the Scrooge scaring, and it sort of keeps you engaged. When I'm watching Elf, I can watch it once, and that's it, really. I can't watch it again because, I don't know, I just I find it boring because I know what happens, and it, it doesn't really excite me. So I feel like that they've done well with that in this movie. Yeah, I feel like Polar Express is really good at kind of building up tension because especially in the in kind of the opening hour where it's just on the train and then obviously you kind of expect things to go wrong but I think they do it in such a way that it's almost kind of unexpected as well. Like you actually feel kind of the threat of the train going out or whatever because you know that yeah. there's no... You know that they might not get to the North Pole and, yeah. well, you don't you don't know that but like there's kind of the, the sense in like the back of I your mean, mind that... Even after rewatching it for like how many other times, I still like at some point that's something that like like not going to make it at times, and he's not going to get on the train with like Billy the, the annoying little boy. But one train drift. Yeah, um. Yeah. No. 
it's, it's like uh, that is definitely, it's, it's like definitely the, the best scene. That's definitely the best scene. Oh, it is, it is. Yes. Um, yeah. the the bomb under the table uh, sort of theory that Hitchcock came up with. They use this like is, is it, I'll, I'll explain it. So um, you have a table and there's just people eating and it's like that's it. It's boring, right? Tell the audience yeah. there's a bomb under the table. All of a sudden, there's tension being lit, built built in the scene. And yeah. they, they, they use this sort of um, ideology or what's it called um, theory, sorry, theory it, it, in the film so many times. And it makes it such like really gripping experience for me, even though yeah. you've seen it so many times, like on multiple repeats, it still doesn't I get think, old. I think that's such an effective kind of film technique. And they use it in theatre as well, like dramatic irony, where like the audience knows something that no one else does. And... I can't think of anything specific when it was used in this film because I think that kind of builds up the tension. But as you mentioned with like the bomb under the table theory, like that can be super effective in a film. But it's just a scene where you know something can't What's happen it? and you're just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. What's another film that uses that theory? Every Hitchcock film. So I can get my head around that. <laughs> Whiplash, Whiplash uh, uses it, I think. Just no, kind no. of the, 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 the final scene. I wouldn't say when, so. When, and you, you just know he can't... If he stops playing, like, that's it. Like, he's gone. Or if just something happens. But. Yeah. Um, or when he's trying to troll out or whatever. Dude tries. Yeah. But speaking of, like, tension, I think what separates this film from, like, typical Christmas, like, kids' films is how mysterious it is. Like, all the mysterious undertones it has. It's definitely and, got deeper meaning. Yeah, deeper and... Meaning. So I want to ask you guys a question: Is is the boy dreaming in the film? Yes. Does he does does he um does he wake up at the end out of his bed and then goes down? And... See, a couple of things I noticed. I'm pretty sure I'm I might completely wrong. This the boy's eye color changes before and after he gets on the train. I could be completely right, wrong. He definitely looked at his eyes a bit too much, but so I think if from blue to like hazel. Do you have a costume? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have the colors. But then, what, what, why would it turn from a light color to a dark color? That doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know. But Games are weird. They can. I, I, I think it might just be the animation style because it's affected a lot by lighting. And there was like this particular shot of, I think it it's at be, the beginning right. and the end. At the beginning and the end, they kind of do like a reflection shot. So it's like a bowl or something on its like turned around, and you just see it through the reflection of the bowl. So that mm. that could mean like him like reflecting on his Christmas experience or like how he feels or what he believes and stuff like that. See, there, there's an argument that mm -hmm. he isn't a dream because of the hobo mainly, like because of how he hobo goes from like having a campfire to being on skis and all that stuff. But you can you can't, you can't argue the hobo is a ghost. And then like, yeah, the idea. But then if he's a ghost, how has he carried the kid away or up to the, the train? Or has the kid just been imagining that he, he's walked up himself? And I I think it's all a dream, especially with kind of the hobo just randomly disappearing. But how how did he get the bell at the end? That rang at a different parents. Well, I don't know, but it's it's all. Crazy, <laughs> That's the argument. Oh, I know, I know, because Go Santa on. was played by Tom Hanks and the dad was played by Tom Hanks. There you go. He knew from Santa and he was yeah. like, yep, my son would like a bell. That makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> um, speaking, of, sense. speaking of theories, I, I, I was watching it and I had this sort of idea in my mind that 
the conductor, the hobo, and the boy were the same person. And I, I looked up on YouTube afterwards, and there's a theory by this guy. I thought, they, oh, they, they are all played by Tom Hanks, so in that sense, yeah. yes. Yes, yes, no, but like, the character-wise. And the theory from this video I saw was that um, Tom, the conductor is what the boy wants to be, and the hobo is what he will be if he doesn't believe in Santa. But I, I think that's really, I, th I think that is true. And that that kind of reinforces the idea that's all a dream. Like, you have to factor in, why is there a train in the middle of the road? And I think that's one of the biggest things to think yeah, about. Yeah, no, that's what I thought, like, there's no other houses around each of the houses they pick up. And they go there to is. random houses. No, yeah. because you, you see you see Billy's house at the end and he walks into her house. But it's like in the middle of nowhere, but then you see the city behind him. No, so no, it's kind but, of Billy's house real. from an area. That's... No, but the boys' house is found by other houses. Yeah, but it's, it still feels isolated. Like like oh, yeah. he's alone or whatever in the film. He doesn't have like many friends. Also he... also how he never really had a good Christmas. That's also got to be reason why. Well, so why is it? Why is there a train line right in the middle of the street? I mean, that that That's doesn't true, make actually. it sound like a dream. I mean, well, I mean. But then know. again, think how how do they get so fast to the North Pole from where, wherever they are? It, it shouldn't yeah. be that short. Like, yeah. but it well, is well, just a magical train. They can all live in Greenland. I feel like it's America, Daniel. Well, you never know. The film the film could have been filmed for like. The film doesn't say where it's set. Um, it's yeah, no, a cartoon. Judge, judge from the answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but it's not like film and location, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. not like... <laughs> Get some real life, you know. I mean, to be fair, they, they did Inception. They found a train through the middle of the road, so... Speaking, that actually, that's so weird. I hate to link it to Christopher Nolan, but as we said with Interstellar last week, time is a, a, a motif in this film. It runs throughout the idea of going against time and with the conductor with the watch. Mm -hmm. I, I I hate to think it's a good alone, but it's, it's very reminiscent of that. I think. Mm -hmm. oh, I don't yes. think see it, but Daniel looks very disappointed. He, he looks annoyed. Oh, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I'm surprised you managed to link Chris Nolan into this. To be honest, I mean, but no, the two of you, you said they're trying to the road like Interstellar and Inception. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, the bell as well. I think now I don't hear me out. I think the bell is what you call a MacGuffin, <laughs> and a okay. MacGuffin is an, is an item in a film that drives the plot forward. And I, I feel like it, it, it's either MacGuffin or some motif in the film. I don't know which one it is though. I'm, I, I so it's a mo I'd say it's more of a motif, motif for hope, because at the end you have yeah. him. With the bell, only him and his sister can hear it. So obviously, so the entire point of the bell is you have to like believe in Santa or whatever yeah. to be able to hear it. And then, kind of like, I think like as as it progresses through the film, you kind of because it's in it's in the music as well. The bell, it is. Like the it sound is. of it. Mm -hmm. So I think I think I I'm not sure on this, but it probably gets like progressively louder as he like starts to believe more and more that Santa's real. Mm. That's yeah. quite that's quite clever right? in the in the music and the soundtrack. Which um, was done by Alan Silvestri, who did I think it was uh, who did the Avengers music actually. And I think he uh, He did Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, Forrest Gump. And Back Forrest to the Future. Yeah. Oh Back to the Future. Yeah. No, and the Witches. <laughs> Good job, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he, he's actually a really good uh, composer and celebrity. He is. He, he, he's pretty decent. Um, so you were talking earlier about the ice scene in the film, which I, I think, judging from what you guys have said, is arguably your favourite film in the scene, in the a movie. A bit of Tokyo Drift around the back of it. Definitely, um, definitely, yeah. are, are there any other scenes that really stand out to you guys? Well, definitely um, when they visit the t- uh, Santa's town and they're looking they're looking around and they look through the window and they see the... Um, did it do this th- thing again? No? Hang on, sorry. sorry. Okay. So when they go to Santa's town and they're playing the music mm. and they look through the window, it's playing the music and you look through the window and you can see the music playing on, I think it's like a cassette or whatever. And then... Um, and then they have to go through like, everything's really small so they have to go through like small doors and then they see like this control center where these elves are looking at kids well, my favorite scenes as well, yeah. and stuff like that De- definitely the scene of them exploring um the factory you know going down the chute i remember yeah. the, 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 the that slide thing was freaked me out as well. i don't know why you know when you know when they're like yeah, it's a funnel yeah. when they swell back around but that always like freaked me out i was like I, i'm gonna avoid that at all cost yeah <laughs> But like it, it's very the, the, this cinematography in the film really sort of emphasizes the scale between the kids and the and the world around them. I thought it was a really interesting way of doing it, and it, it, it definitely creeped me out as a child. But I, I don't know about you, friendly. How, how did that? You seem to have got creeped out by a lot as a child. No, no, I genuinely. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was right down yesterday. Like a lot. Of, like I remember, I, I was quite scared about this one. Like, a lot. I, I still love watching it. It's weird. Um, there wasn't a, a scene where one of the kids on the train get taken, or they fell off, or something like that. Yes. Or I think else. I no, think you're right. There well, there's a, there's a bit where the conductor takes the girl, but then yeah. like the nerdy kid basically says, "Oh, he's he's gonna throw her off or something." That's a bit dark. And then she goes yeah. away. And then she yeah. disappears or something. And yeah. that's when they end up in the engine and have to like use the brakes whatever to drift the train. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that um, that nerdy kid and the quiet kid always really annoyed me when I was watching yeah. it because because you, you know how the quiet kid like didn't get off the train and they caused like havoc because they went back down. I remember being yeah. so annoyed at that, and I I got annoyed a lot of the decisions made in the film by, by the um, characters. But well, you probably got annoyed at it when you watched it again because as a child. No, 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 no. I I, st- I, st- I just think you remember as a child watching it. Like for the first, no. so, well, not, not first I was time, really, like. I was really surprised at the beginning because I, d- I assumed it would be a musical. Well, I didn't actually. I thought oh, this is a normal Christmas film. But then they would start singing about hot chocolate for like three minutes. <laughs> Such an amazing thing. Like, oh, it's, it's, yeah, when... it's just a totally yeah. random like musical video just in the middle of the film. I don't really. But understand we, it, but... we got it. And also when when they sing to Northern Lights, where the the quite good. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um. I think that's more of an emotional moment. The one with hot I, chocolate. I, I never mad. liked. I, I've never liked hot chocolate. So I, just, I, just, I hated that scene. Yeah, it, 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 it is a bit disgusting to me. But, nah, I don't get disgusted by it. Oh no! I don't get why the lonely kid had to sit in the other carriage. That was a bit weird. He's well, He's a threat side. to society, okay? That's why he was he, put in there. He's simply built different. He he chooses to go in his own carriage. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, the option, but he was like, nah, I want to be in my own carriage. I think another reason as to why it probably is a dream is the hobo character. Because he does mm. just disappear near the end. Yeah, we did like, mention you, that. You yeah. just never see him. 
Um, but he's my favourite character, just because of his... My, mine is the Doctor. Narcissism. The Conductor is my favourite character by far. Like, such like an amazing character. Well, I would probably like... be Santa. Just when I saw him, like, <laughs> I honestly fell in love with him, you know. It, it gave me, you know... Santa just fell <laughs> <laughs> in love with him. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't stop watching it because every scene would just I see Santa and I you know I I couldn't the, stop watching Santa. I think I think he does he does this emotional attraction to just Yeah, you know, any, any Who played Santa? Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks. I think he might just be a chance to Tom Hanks, you know. Yeah. I mean, what can I not say? really Santa, just his voice. Him and Forrest Gump, I mean oof. <laughs> 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 fair enough, fair enough. Um, nah. Look like a bold cat in the Forest Gump, so. <laughs> also, can I appreciate how the nerdy kid did that entire journey in the final act to, to get to, into, into the um, present sack with everyone else by himself? Yeah, like, yeah he, he, go, he go, went go, by himself. Go across the ice, go down the thing. Like, oh, that's impressive. Oh, well, I mean, uh, and and the, uh, the, t- the ticket. Punching thing we haven't mentioned. Oh, we haven't mentioned this. So I that is like, yeah. So the ticket punchings um, mystery of all, and it really adds to the to, to, to the mystery that I was talking about earlier. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's I it's I, I don't know Daniel what seen him for the first time. What do you think of the ticket? <laughs> I was surprised. I I, I I I genuinely didn't really understand. The only thing I could actually predict was that his one says believe. I didn't predict any of the other ones. And the yeah. kids are pretty thick for thinking it says lead instead of leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's on random. I just put lead into your ticket. This <laughs> <laughs> is so sick, honestly. The <laughs> thing is that they don't even go to school, though. You don't even, like, see school bags or anything in that room. Like, what's... They, they what, probably what, what time do you think it's a holiday? What, they think they are thickos, though. What they all go to the same kids. school? They don't. They're school. on the same train. Yeah, know. and then in no school kids. What what time do you think this is set in? Because like this obviously is not modern. Nineteen fifties, sixties. I was I was legit thinking like nineteen fifties time. Do, do oh, I just because the train No, the trains. Also, the train Speaking of the presence, the um, at the end, if you saw the boy got. A present of a more like a, a, a more newer um, Scrooge puppet. I don't even saw that. And then contrast that with earlier. That's why it's also iron. It's not a dream because all mm. of the items from his adventure have been incorporated in his presence. The train, mm. the Scrooge, and the bell. Mm. Something mm. to think about, you know. Something to think about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so that about does it for this week's episode. Um, I want to hear your guys' um, ratings for the film. Let's start with you, Daniel. Seven out of ten. That's that's respectable. Okay. Average. Average. Yeah. Finley. Obviously, it's a great Christmas movie, so I'll be giving it a ten out of ten. Hang on. Yes. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Jazz hands. What about you, Owen? What do you? Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Without question. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Without question. Exactly. Yeah. And okay, I would say so, personally, the Grinch is better, but that's just like. <laughs> well, wait a second. The Grinch <laughs> is, no, the Perks was his best Christmas film of all time. End of. Right, cool. um, all right. Thanks for watching, and bye.
Adios, amigos. See ya. <laughs>